On today's episode of Sideline Banter, we tip things off with our reactions to the NBA draft, then shift over to Fantasy Bachelorette to see how the leaderboards look after week two. In Top Bants, we talk about LeVar Ball trying to keep Melo away from the hose. His words, not ours. And we close things out with the top fictional characters to come off the bench for a basketball team. There's a lot going on this week, so let's get this show on the road. All right, we're back with Sideline Banter, another week. What's up, what's up? Not not, not as a, a good mood as we were uh, last week. Uh, we were supposed to be in a good mood. NBA draft, the Warriors. These our, were looking good. Our Warriors were looking good. They were going to make a comeback. Um, Until really, about like four hours ago, three yeah, hours ago. I would say about 90 minutes before the draft, we got hit with some really hard news. Uh, Clay Thompson was injured in a workout. We don't know the uh, significance of the injury, but... The rumblings around uh, Twitter so far, people are pointing towards an Achilles. But then again, that's just speculation right now. That is not official, but it's not looking good, according to multiple sources. Well, first off, they said it was a lower leg injury, and then people speculated like a knee or a like calf e- or Like everybody does. Everyone yeah. speculates when a when star goes down. And then they said it was like a heel injury recently, most recently. They yeah, said it was Shams. A, Shams said Shams it was a heel said, injury. Yeah. And so... That could be a number of injuries. That could be Achilles. That could be a heel injury. You know, we don't we don't know the extent of it, yeah, and they probably won't announce it tonight yeah. at least. Yeah. Originally, I was I was going towards you know high ankle sprain. Hopefully, I mean you never want to wish injury <clears throat> injury upon a player, but I was hoping for a high ankle sprain because it's a four to six week injury. But when Sham said heel, that's when I started getting concerned because that's right in that Achilles area. And like I told you before the show. I don't know many other heel injuries outside of an Achilles. Yeah, and I feel like if it was a high angle sprain or something like a sprain, they would have announced it. They would have said, don't worry, you know, it's okay. But the fact that they're keeping quiet about it is also a little little weird, you know? Yeah, so it's it's not looking good. They said they're going to test it out in a couple days. Uh, Over the next couple days, they're going to run tests on his his leg, see what's up. I'm pretty sure we're going to find out within the next day or two what the deal is. Um, We're praying for the best, and, you know, if, if it's something bad, we're hoping for a speedy recovery for Clay. Uh, it just sucks, man. It just doesn't only suck for Warriors fans. It sucks for basketball fans in general because we want to see the Warriors play at their full potential. These guys are five-time defending Western Conference champions like in a row. Absolutely, man. You, you hit the nail on the head. But knowing Clay's injury and, and the severity of it, the Warriors 90 minutes before the draft, they went ahead and they, they kept their number two pick. They didn't trade it away. And they yeah. drafted the center from Memphis, James, James Wiseman. Wiseman. Man. Yeah, I mean, going into this day, uh, waking up this morning, that's who I wanted the Warriors to pick before oh, the whole, yeah. before the Clay Thompson news. The, they needed to address size because the league's getting bigger. The Lakers punished teams last year on the way to a championship on the boards with size, and so if the Warriors wanted to compete against a team like the Lakers, the defending champs, they had to bring in size. And James Wiseman was a great pick. And if it wasn't for a uh, Whatever happened in Memphis with all the stuff him sitting out for the whole year, I think the consensus would have been that he would have been the number one overall pick in this draft. Yeah, and I'm so glad that he didn't want to go to the Timberwolves and complete with Carl Anthony Towns, and Memphis didn't want to, do, or uh, the Timberwolves wanted, didn't want to deal with that either. So I'm so glad that he fell into the Warriors' hands. Yeah, and I, just just fell to us. I didn't think that James Wiseman was going to go to the Wolves in the first place. I knew he was. I had a good feeling he was going to be on the board for the Warriors. It just came down to whether the Warriors wanted to trade back. And this morning we had the uh, some reports that the Bulls wanted to trade up, possibly sending Wendell Carter over to to the Warriors, which also would have been a good move. And I thought that would have been a more realistic move after the Clay news came out. And I can only imagine how Bob Myers was feeling. 
uh, <laughs> in that that draft room, right? I mean, the green room's going on. You, your star player out of nowhere, you know, serious injury apparently. You're about to draft in 90 minutes. What do you do? Do you, I mean, do you wait and see if Anthony Edwards is still on the board or if Lamelo is still on the board? But what do you do if this you know, is what I tweeted? I said the Warriors have one of the most elite front offices in the game, and when they're when a front office or a GM is dealt a tough hand with an injury, whatever it may be, you can't panic. Right. And I think they did the right move. They didn't panic. They just went with their original game plan. It was going to take Wiseman, take size really invest in having a good two-way athletic center. And I think it's a good pick at the end of the day. Uh, if they panicked, you know, traded out of it, that would have just caused more confusion, more panic, going for maybe overreaching uh, for a star player. Like we've seen these past few days in the NBA, right? A lot of people oh, yeah. reaching. Drew Holiday, I felt like the uh, the Bucks really reached to get him. To oh, they went Giannis. all out. Yep. <laughs> just to appease Giannis. They went all out. And now they're they're kind of struggling on the bench side, but I mean they have this great big three with Bogdan and and Drew and, and Giannis, but for what to what extent is it going to help? Yeah, exactly. I mean the, the whole point of that move was to keep Giannis. The goal is to keep Giannis. They don't want him to get lured away, and so they're starting to panic. I feel like when you when you see a team reach for a player like Drew Holiday is a great point guard. Don't get me wrong, but he's not all star caliber. He's just an above average average point guard. And they're sending in a load of picks over there for him. I think it was two first rounders. Oh, they threw in a lot of picks, yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like when they were panicking over there, that's when you overreach. I'm glad the Warriors didn't overreach. They just stuck to the game plan. Let's wait and see what's what's Clay's news. Let's hope for the best. Worst comes to worst. You know, we still there's still a competitive and formidable lineup there. And the Warriors also have all that trade exception money, about seventeen million dollars, so they can build a bench. We've heard names like Avery Bradley being thrown around. A lot going on. Ibaka, Gasol. There's a lot of good big name vets out there in the free agent market. I think that's what you need because this team is they're not super young, but they're still relatively young. And so bringing in big men like that that have experience or, or an Avery Bradley to, to come off the bench or even start in some games, that's huge for the Warriors. You know, to still put a competitive starting five out and then build a bench that can still back it up. Yeah. And so I think they're make they made the best move possible today. Yeah, without Clay, I mean, with Clay, I would have said the Warriors were probably a four seed or, you know, even competing for that one or two seed, depending who came out of the Pacific Division. With this Clay injury and thinking it's the worst, I think that that Warriors team that they put out, if they don't have Clay for the whole year, I would say they're more like a like a five or a six seed, probably more leaning towards like six in the last three seeds. But they're still a playoff team. You still have Steph Curry, the best point guard in the game. I don't think we can really argue that at this no point. Contest. Yeah, he yeah. missed He missed last year. We have to see how he looks. But I'm pretty confident he's well-rested. They had five long playoff runs in a row, you know. So that team desperately needed rest. You have Draymond, who apparently is on his revenge tour. <laughs> Jury's still out on that one. We'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, and then you bring in Wiseman, who there's a lot of hype into this guy. He's a dominant center. Uh, it's been a long time since the Warriors have had a really a two-way athletic center. Oh, yeah. He's dominant in the paint, dominant on the board. He's a lob threat. He'll block shots. Just an all-out good defender in the paint and can get to the bucket. Exactly. Various amount of moves. Yeah. So and I think they're hopeful. They're hoping that maybe he could. they can mold him into like a Chris Bosh, kind of develop that elbow jumper. I think he's like a Chris Bosh type player. Yeah. And so Definitely. that would be ideal for the Warriors, especially building towards the future. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Warriors when it comes to what they do with that trade exception money, what other players they want to bring in. Let's see what happens with Clay. Uh, again, hoping for the best. But it, it's a tricky situation. They were dealt a very difficult hand about a couple hours ago, and <laughs> they went with Wiseman, which I think is the safe, good pick. And jury's out now. We'll see. 
Yeah, and they're in a very difficult, tough dif- division in the Pacific. With yeah. with now you got Chris Paul going to the Suns, Devin yeah. Booker. Yeah, so Paul and Booker. You got the Lakers, defending champions. You got, the, you got the Clippers. You got Kawhi and PG are still there. They're not. They still yep. haven't been separated. Uh, just a messy, messy division. Uh, not messy in a good way, obviously, but a lot of competition. There's there. a lot of competition, and unfortunately, they're still the Kings. The poor, <laughs> the poor Kings can the never kings. just get the break. They're the younger brother that gets picked on. Yeah, they're that little middle child that just nothing goes right for him. Yeah, just <laughs> everyone's picking on him, and they haven't had a good season in a while. And I, I feel bad because I know a lot of Kings fans from when I work at NBC Sports. There's a decent amount of Kings fans. Yeah, yeah. I've worked on a couple Kings shows. The most loyal fans. I just feel so bad for them because I'm watching a game with the Kings fan. They'll be up by like 25 points, and my buddy would be like, Lead's not safe. And I'm like, bro, you're up by 25 at halftime. True story. I think it was we were working the uh, I was working the Wizards and Kings game right before the pandemic ended. And so I was working the stage shift at Golden One Center. Mm-hmm. So we're watching the game, and the Kings were up by almost 30 points, like 25 to 30 point lead at halftime. And I turned to my homie. I'm like, lead safe, right? He's like, it's never safe with these Kings. I'm like, dude, you're up by 25, 30 points. We go into the fourth quarter. The, the Wizards are trailing by one point. And he, it's just a complete shock. He's like, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. They're always a like glass half empty type of fan base. But that's what we have with NBA so far. Um, a lot going on. A lot is going to happen. Free agency is well underway, especially after this draft. Uh, season starting in about a month. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's what it seems like. Yeah, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, NBA in full action. We'll actually get back to some more NBA later in the show. For now, let's transition into last night's uh, fantasy, uh, last night's Bachelorette episode. We'll also get into fantasy Bachelorette. Uh, what are some of your big takeaways from last night? Big Dick Bennett. Big Dick Bennett. Big Dick Bennett, man, <laughs> that guy. Wow, I was I was shocked because I mean he didn't do the the physical challenge in that first group date because of his knee injury or something. Everyone on the show has an injury. I feel yeah. <laughs> they're all like a retired. Uh, my knee, I hurt my knee in college. Yeah, but even the the first challenge was like spelling and math, and he went to Harvard. He made a big deal about him going to Harvard and how he was Harvard educated. But then he got he spelled limousine wrong. He couldn't get the time two, correctly. He couldn't add time correctly. <laughs> And then he couldn't do the tug of war type thing to get the flowers because he had a knee injury. And then all of a sudden, he cooks up an eggs Benedict in bed, gets in bed. The robe, don't forget the, the robe. robe. Yeah, he had the robe on. <laughs> oh, my God. And then when um, they announced the, the winner, they gave it to Bennett. And Bennett went up and just kissed Taisha. Taisha. Or Taisha, Taisha, right on the lips <laughs> in front of everybody. Yeah. Everyone's reaction was just like, "Whoa, okay, all right." Power moves only. Power moves only, and I was like, "That's big, dig Bennett." They right got all butthurt about it. I feel like every time someone makes a move, they're getting all butthurt about it. Yeah, so get over it. Like it's, it's a competition <laughs> at the end of the day. A lot of butthurt guys this episode. Yeah, a lot of butthurt guys. Uh, Bennett. Yeah, originally when I first they threw him on the show, I was like, uh, for this first this last episode, I wasn't too sure about him. He, he seemed kind of like a dick and kind of just like those Ivy League guys. You know, we know it all. I had a couple Ivy League friends that I met, and it, the stereotype is true. They are yeah, kind of snobby, yeah. and you know, I'm better than bit. you, kind of thing. Until they can't spell them. As I them. also don't <laughs> believe. I don't know. I feel like the producers told him to like get it incorrectly because they just set it up for that way. The way the producers frame the interview, he's like, oh, I'm a Harvard grad. I got this. It's easy. Of course, he's not going to get it right, right if they're propping him up like this. So I don't I don't know. I feel like he knows how to add time. But even aside from that, he's super egotistical. Like yeah. He's got a huge ego. Yeah, that's, you know? just, so. I, that's just Ivy League people right there. Like, I go to Harvard. <laughs> I go to Yale. I'm better than you. I've worked harder than you. Uh, my parents have money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I've met people like that. And so it doesn't surprise me with Bennett. 
Another thing we got down here is Ivan. Uh, he's been a strong front runner. Yeah, he's really working it hard. Yeah, and we uh, down here we got uh, that he blindfolded uh, Tasha, fed the strawberries. Fed the strawberries. What do you think about that move? I think in that moment and in that date, it was perfect, like pretty romantic. At first, if it was anybody else in like a different moment, I'd been like, that's pretty like fucking weird. How did he? Uh, <laughs> how did he bust out the blindfold again? He just had the blindfold laying on the table, and he just like picked it up and. And then uh, wrapped it around her, fed her a strawberry, and then he said something like, and then like "How about this? How about this? Yeah, how about this? This isn't a strawberry." And Whips then, his dick out now. Just- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would have been a twenty twenty thing for sure. <laughs> I think I think they cut that part out. The producers <laughs> for sure, they for sure did. <laughs> no, but that, it was a, it was a it was a good move. Have you ever been fed strawberries or anything? Being fed romantically? Romantically. Yeah, yeah, I've been fed romantically. <laughs> I don't know about strawberries, but maybe like a bite of like their plate or something. Like at dinner? At dinner, yeah. Like at a, at a restaurant? Yeah, or at home, at a restaurant at home. I you feel know. like... <laughs> Either so, way. <laughs> funny story, I went out on a date um, last week, and I was in uh, Santana Row, and we were at a wine bar. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good. No, but this isn't the story. So we're sitting at this wine bar. And I look straight ahead and I think there's like an extension of the wine bar. And there's this couple that they're literally like lean, they're like leaning over the table oh and God. like getting really close. I'm like, all right, a little PDA, it's whatever. We drink a cup, we drink a glass of wine, you're talking. I look back over and this girl is on his lap now. And I'm like, whoa, she just moved on his lap out of nowhere. And then I look down, have another glass of wine, about 10 minutes later, look back up. Just mouth to mouth, making out on the chair in front of everybody. People are just looking over, like, are they about to like have sex right now on on this table? It was getting very, very touchy feely. They were just all up in each other's shit. The whole entire wine bar is just looking at these guys. So I'm like, Oof, I don't know. In public, that's that's a risky that's, move. That's a little too much. It made that's, everyone uncomfortable. Oh yeah, we're just looking up there and <laughs> just touching and feeling and everything. It was it was bad. It was bad. Especially during COVID, you're not supposed to be up all, you know, touching anybody. That's that's very, yeah. very weird. <laughs> but talking about people who get super touchy-feely and up in each other's faces, Chasen and, and Ed. Holy crap. Yeah, uh, with Ed at least. And Ed's pretty funny. The people I were texting yesterday, they like hate Ed for some I hate reason. Ed too. A lot of people hate Ed. I can totally see why you'd hate Ed, but he's also pretty funny. Like the insults he was hurling at Chasen were, were pretty top-notch. He They're was like, you're wearing, you're wearing a schmedium. It's actually <laughs> <laughs> that part was pretty funny. So stupid. And then Chasen's reply was like, "Oh, chicken legs or whatever." Yeah. He just insulted his legs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what else did he say? He said something that's so funny. Oh, he said like, "You say the same phrases like I'm on cloud nine, cloud bro. Nine. What is the fucking Zac Efron movie?" <laughs> I, I just thought that was so funny. Girls there's are like not Ed. There's like three other guys that said cloud nine like before Chasen. Yeah, and then even Ed was like, "Do you just look on like the back of your wrist for the same things?" <laughs> Chasen has just terrible choice and compliments, dude. Smoke show. Smoke show. He said that like four times. And like when yesterday. he speaks Spanish, I just cringe. Like, dude, shut up. Like, you're so you're from uh, Walnut Creek, bro. Yeah, he's from Walnut down. Creek. That's right. Not, <laughs> I don't know. Is Ed out of line? You think? I think he was out of line. I don't think he has. I mean, you can tell, you know, the guys on the show, like, hey, if you have a problem with him, you know, bring it up to him. But I mean, I think he was out of line going to Taisha and letting her know his opinions on that. But like bringing it up again and again and again. I, I thought Taisha would get kind of annoyed at that. 
that he was using his time to talk about Chasen and not about their relationship. Every every season, there's always that one guy who's like, I don't think he's here for or she's here for the right reasons. There's always yeah. one person. It's like the easiest way for the producers to create the easiest drama. The thing with this Ed and Chasen drama is I can't take it seriously just because it feels so forced, you know, like that whole like, oh, what is that? Shmedium? It's actually large. I just feel like the producers <laughs> were like, all right, are you? And they were like, shit, okay. Like if I told you right now, Start an argument with me. You're wearing a shitty hoodie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I fucking felt watching it last night. It was such a forced argument. Exactly. You're wearing so, a Warriors hoodie. I love your hoodie, by the way. Thanks. I know. I, th- I thought it felt the th- uh, fit the theme of today. Oh, but it's, totally. It's kind of depressing now. <laughs> um, Part of the reason why I'm team chasing is because one of my best friends kind of looks like him. My friend Ryan. Um, my freshman year roommate, my sophomore year roommate. I kind of see it. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely looks like Jason. That's yeah. kind of the reason why I'm rooting for him. I'm like, yeah, go Ryan. Chase. <laughs> we'll see with Chase. I don't know. He needs to come with some better compliments than Smoke Show, Cloud Nine, and yeah, Ola he's Bonita. A, yeah, he's got to cut Smoke Show it's out of that. It's cringy. can't see yeah. that. I think the last guy we want to talk about here before we get into our fantasy bachelorette is uh, our boy Noah. Noah, Noah, What do you think Noah. about Noah. I kind of like the guy, to be honest. I fuck with him, too. Yeah, he's kind of raw. <laughs> yeah, I think the guys are just salty that he's 10 years younger than him. They got He's got better like, game than them. Oh, way better game. Imagine being imagine being 35 and a 25-year-old's like showing you up on game. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd feel kind of like insulted in a way or yeah, kind of pretty pressed. annoyed and pressed. Yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. Yeah, I think Noah's doing just fine. I mean, the only reason, the only thing that I'd be kind of like annoyed at him for was like interrupting Jordan C's date. But that was like a good move to like bring out the razor and have Taisha do it. Like that was pretty raw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just hopped the fence and he did it. Like props to him. Yeah, he like, took his he took his chance. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah, and then the whole mustache thing. So this is a kind of personal topic for me because if I was on the show and the Bachelorette tells me to shave my beard off, I'm on the first limousine back to the airport, bro. This this thing is not coming off. I'm sorry. Beards are different than a mustache, though. I feel like like if you just had a mustache. <laughs> I mean, it, it's there's still a mustache, right? Well, I guess. I mean, but she's not gonna tell you to like shave off your mustache. That's what she keep, did, though. <laughs> but he didn't have a beard. Yeah, I guess. But like, she was like, "I don't like the mustache. You should shave it." Like that was so direct. That <laughs> was direct. Front. But power moved. Like he he turned it to his advantage instead of getting butt hurt. Like how probably I would have gotten. Yeah. <laughs> he turned it into into a positive thing. He had her shave it off. Yeah, props that's to that. Good guy. game. Oh yeah, that's definitely. just good game. You can't hate. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. That's true. Yeah, good for him. So that's our recap of last night's episode. Let's get into fantasy bachelorette. So as it stands right now. I'm winning 59 to 43. A little bit of a bounce back week for Adito. He went minus 20 last week. So yeah, he, got, he, got, back. he got a good amount of points. Actually beat me 63-53. My boy Chasen put up the week. points. Yeah, yeah Chasen just with the arguments, with the rows. He he really came up clutch for you. Uh, my uh, Montel pick ended up really biting me in the ass. So first critical error of, of this fantasy. So we're at 59-43. Reminder, loser of this uh, fantasy bachelorette eats the meat mountain sandwich at Arby's. Uh, that shit looks so disgusting. I'm not trying to eat it. <laughs> no, me neither. I'm so glad that Chasen put up those points and that I'm like closer yeah, so than negative I mean, 20. <laughs> I think we should just get into our draft for next week then, huh? Let's do it. Bam. And since you're still in the lead, do you want do you draft first? Uh, no, I think since you won. I won this week. Since so you I won last first. week, well, you can go first. All right. Ooh, first With pick. The first overall pick All in right. week three. Okay, let's see. I'm going to go actually with Ben. Ben? Ben's my first pick. Solid pick. Yeah. He was a little passive, though, at the end of uh, the last episode. I think he's going to bounce back. He was too confident. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, Ben's a good good first overall pick. Uh, the second pick, I'm gonna go with Ivan. I feel solid like he's pick. doing a he's doing a solid job so far. I think he really planted the seeds for for a solid outing next week. Definitely did. I'm gonna have to go with Zach C. Zach C. Yeah, he's been he's been doing well he's been too. Killing it. All right, Zach C. and Ben. Those are two strong front runners. My next pick, I am going to go with. Give me Demar. Ooh, that was my next pick. <laughs> I think he's a sleeper right now. Oh, that poem that he read? Oh shit! Yeah, he's, yeah, he's going for it. He's a sleeper. Oh yeah, give me Brendan. Brendan. Oh yeah, you like Brendan? I like Brendan. <laughs> my next pick, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Bennett. Oh, okay. I think he, a uh, he really impressed me last week. I don't know. He got a target on his back. He's a little bit dramatic. That means more camera time for him. True, true. Oh, Bennett was a good one, man. Okay. I'm going to have to go with uh, Old Faithful here and just go chasing. Old Faithful chasing. Yeah, I mean, she said at the end that she was developing feelings for him. So let's see if uh, that turns out into anything. Not bad, not bad. All right. My next pick, third week in a row going with this guy. I'm going to go with Easy. Easy. Okay. That dude's okay. yoked, bro. You see him in that. Bro, he was uh, a former <laughs> in that wrestling tournament they had. That dude was shredded. I felt hella bad for Joe when he was going in there. He's like, I played volleyball <laughs> in high a school. Former <laughs> NFL player. <laughs> it's just intimidating as shit. <laughs> I was laughing so hard when he said that. Joe's funny though. I love Joe. Yeah, he's a good. He's a good guy. <laughs> oh man, my last pick. Okay. See, I want to go Spencer, but I don't. I think he's dying out a little bit. Noah seems like a good pick, but I don't know. That's a bit of a toss up. I feel like he could lose me a lot of points too. I mean, he's done a pretty solid job. Yeah, the yeah. mustache and everything—that's a solid move. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Noah, even though I think you're trying to pull reverse psychology on me. I'm gonna go Noah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he takes Noah. All right, last pick. Hmm, who's gonna make a good move and a good impression? This is this is the part where it gets a little nerve wracking because you get into these final picks and it's someone can go home. And yeah. I got bit in the ass last week with Montel going home. Give me. I'm gonna go with Joe. Joe. Yeah. The dark horse. Yeah. Well, I think because last week she she was like, you know, I have a really good time with you. Like you make me kind of nervous kind of thing. So I don't know. I think he's he's solid. I think Joe, he's kind of oh, older. A solid I think guy. she's into yeah. some older guys too. I think she wants a, a grown ass man, as they said 25,000 times <laughs> last episode. So I think he's a grown ass man. Okay. Interesting pick. Yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. Definitely a good pick. Could spark at any moment for sure. Exactly. All right. So just to recap, Keanu's got Ivan, Demar, Bennett, Easy, and Joe. And I have Ben, Zaxi, Brendan, Chasen, and Noah. Yes, sir. So okay. interesting week into the thick of things now. You're down by 16. Got a little making up to do. A little bit, a little bit. But, you know, I, I made up a big chunk this uh, this past week. So things are looking up. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Definitely don't want to uh, be eating a lot that more. Hopefully now. we're going to get into some real more drama, some like better things to talk about than medium shirts and I don't even chicken know, legs and Zach Efron movies yeah. <laughs> can we need some better insults boys stop being so sensitive speaking of insults LeVar Ball the father of Lonzo and LaMelo kind of insulted uh, his words not mine hose of the NBA yeah and that's that's actually our next topic in uh, top bands fun little jingle there yeah my headphones died. <laughs> oh, did they really? <laughs> so I'm not hearing any of it. Oh, shit. <laughs> you I'm honestly want to be like an idiot dancing. just like <laughs> dancing. I'm like, yeah. I, That's hella funny. I, when he stops dancing, I'm just going to assume the sound uh, ended. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I'll let you know when it, when it ends. Thanks, bro. <laughs>
But but yeah, so LeVar Ball went on a podcast uh, this past week where he pretty much said that it's impossible for NBA players, and specifically his sons, uh, to find a nice woman. And he said that inevitably you're going to find a hoe. His words. And we have the sound? We have a clip of it. We have the sound. Yeah, here it is. You're never going to meet a nice woman, especially in in basketball. You're not going to find nobody like I found your mom or or my mom and dad. Because here's the thing. If you're in this profession, which you got all this fame and notoriety, how are you going to meet a good girl? You're not, because what you're going to meet are in the restaurant where you eat, or you're going to go to a club where you dance, or you're going to meet her at the arena. So I hate to tell you, you're going to meet a hoe. <laughs> Just how it goes, son. Yeah, so some big statements made by LeVar there. Juicy. <laughs> juicy, LeVar juicy Ball, statements. Though, it's always juicy. Yeah, Never know what you're going to get with him. Yeah. And Wild I, card. I think later on in the, the interview, too, he's like, normal people find their girls at work, church, or school. NBA players, you know, find them at restaurants, clubs, or arenas, you know, so I don't know if he has a point or not. I'm not a professional athlete. I don't know, but I mean, a lot of athletes find love and they seem perfectly fine. So I see where he's coming from. I do. No, I, I see where he's coming from. You got to be careful when you're, when you have that much money, you're that young. I look back when I was 19, I was making some stupid ass decisions. Shit. I'm, I made some dumbass decisions not too long ago when it comes to dating, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm what? In my 20s. This guy's, Lamella's 19 years old. Yeah. I'm trying to think back, like, who was I dating? I was 19. Like, I, I didn't know any better. I didn't know shit. True, yeah. You, you and don't, you I think didn't have millions of dollars at my disposal. Yeah, think of, yeah. If you put, give me millions of dollars when I was 19, holy shit. I probably would be broke right now. <laughs> yeah, not just, like, how I'm spending my money, but also, like, how I'm spending my money on women. I feel like I have yeah. so much money trying to impress them all the time. And then I'd be like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Especially with like whack ass girls. There's oh, a lot yeah. of whack like women out there. When you reach that, uh, like status, like high status. tier. Yeah. Yes. When you reach that status. Yeah. I mean, I guess LeVar is helpful in that case. Cause he's telling his kids straight up, like, don't be doing that shit, you know? So props to LeVar on, on saying that. I see where he's coming from. I mean, he's not, he's not really seen in, in the limelight too. Well, after the whole, uh, the whole thing played out with uh, Christine Leahy and oh. she told to stay in her lane. Yeah, yeah. So LeVar is a wild card and kind of a goose, but we can't, you take his word with a grain of salt. But I think in this case, it, it's not bad. No, I don't it's think so It's not either. bad advice, honestly. Uh, but I mean, how do we, how do we even compare? Like, obviously we're not professional athletes, but how do we yeah. compare to like that high status? Like, I know, I know for both of us, we were in the same fraternity. I know, such such a high status. Such a high status. Nothing beats that. Oh, man. Your upper echelon. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, Keanu was one, at one point vice president of our fraternity and IFC president. So, like, the president of all the fraternity, like, the I was kind of a big deal. Kind of, yeah. Not really. And I was president of our fraternity for a whole year. And so, I guess you can call that high standards. I don't know. I mean, high in your case... <laughs> The story does come to mind, as a matter of fact. The story does come to mind. Oh, God. So, I'm scared. You're having, <laughs> you should be. We were having a party at, a, at our house. And, you know, Adit's the president. He walks around with a little bit more swagger than some of the others. You know, it's okay. You, you earned it. You earned it. You got voted in. Um, but we were, at, <laughs> we were at this party, and I remember there was two girls that were kind of following him around throughout the night and i don't think you noticed this but i did and so as you were actually talking to one of these girls the other one came to me and i'm just chilling you know i'm just chilling in my my little corner or whatever the fuck i'm doing and this girl comes up to me and she's like can you believe that bitch talking to him no and way I, 
I'm shook. What the fuck? I'm shook at this point. I'm like, whoa, what do you mean? He's like, this bitch is trying to take my man. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think he has a girl, but I guess. And it's not even the best part yet. So she eventually leaves or whatever. And then you're eventually talking to that girl later in the night, a couple hours down the road. Which girl? The, the girl that came up to you the first The time? girl that came up to me. So now you're talking to her. Oh, okay. And the other girl you were talking to comes up to me. And she goes, I can't believe that bitch thinks she can take my man like oh, that. Shit. <laughs> no way. In my head, I am just in shock. I'm just like, there is no way this like triangle is playing out in front of me. And why are these girls coming up to me? What could they go to any other guy in the house? Why are they both coming up to me? And so she was like, yeah, fucking bitch is like taking over my man. And I'm like, it's not either of your guys' mans. Like, what is going oh, on? Shit. And so to me, I was like, wow. So I guess being the president comes with some perks. I don't know if you noticed it, but I guess you were. No, uh, I'm so oblivious. Our, my friend, our friend, Ethan, um, also one of our brothers. I went to high school, middle school. Shout out, Ethan. But he DM'd me the other day saying that um, that I don't really have any moves. My move is that I get blackout drunk. I get oblivious. I think you and did that, get blackout drunk that night. Probably, because that's why I probably don't remember it. <laughs> and so I get blackout drunk, I, get, I become oblivious. And then he said something, he says, yeah, and then he just stands there and, and becomes attractive. And I was like, thanks, Ethan. That's <laughs> kindly, kind of odd coming from you, but thanks. I, I'll take that as a compliment. I don't know if you're attractive, like you get attractive when you're drunk. No, I, I don't remember think the I do. shit you say when you're drunk, like you just stop speaking English. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, have this, <laughs> I have this video of him, like he's just blackout drunk. I, I don't even know what he's saying. And he, <laughs> what were you, you're like, if my dick can stand... <laughs> But there's no reason for my dick to stand. So I'm not going to stand for what my dick can stand. And this guy's like shouting it proudly as if it was like some war chant. I We're all seen looking that at video. him like, what is this guy talking about? Oh and my I guess God. that's what truly attracts the woman to him. Yeah, it's, it's my those, oblivious those beautiful comments. dick ranting. He just has a way with words when he drinks. <laughs> well, I just don't speak English half the time. It's just gibberish. <laughs> or apparently about my dick standing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a crazy night, dude. I, oh I don't know God. if you ended up with one of them or not. I don't I don't remember that part. I probably ended up in the toilet growing <laughs> up. It's probably how most nights ended for oh, me. Man, you had ooh, that was a yeah. There, you got a rivalry brewing over you. Holy shit! It's like Lakers Celtics. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Hold on. I remember a story about you though when oh, you were man. when you were IFC president. My turn to be embarrassed yeah. on the pod. You're either IFC president or you were VP of SAE at the time. Um, but you went to a party or some social or something. And you lived in the dorms. So you had to like scan a card and then to get into the building, scan it to go up the elevator and then to get into your room, you had to scan it again. And so you told me that this girl <laughs> followed you all oh the way back home God. and then somehow followed, like got up the stairs or got up the elevator. And then after you went in, she knocked on the door and then your roommate opened and she like somehow got into your room and your roommate was like, yeah, sure, whatever. She like convinced your roommate. And then she was like banging on your door, yes. like your your uh, your your room inside your dorm. It was one of the scariest nights of my college life. <laughs> I was scared shitless. <laughs> did you know who she was? Like, did you know like who this person was? I or? knew who she was. I have talked to her before, but there was it wasn't anything like you know crazy going on. So we go to this party, everything's fine. She's she kind of was dropping some subtle hints at the party, but I was like, whatever. But I'm at a party, you know, like I'm not yeah, yeah. I'm here with my boys. And so as I was leaving, I'm dead tired. It's like. 2.33 in the morning. I'm exhausted. I go outside to walk back to my dorm room. I get back in my room. Everything's chill. For some reason that night, I decided to lock my door. I don't know what it was, but just 
out of luck, maybe I locked my door and I don't usually lock my dorm door. So I go to bed and I just wake up to like loud thuds and knocks on a, on my door. And I was like, what the fuck? At first I'm like, maybe it's the RA. Like there's an emergency in the dorm room. Something's happening. And I just hear Keanu, Keanu. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, this is not the RA's voice. This is a girl's voice. And I feel like this is not like a, what, like something is not right. It's like 3.30 no in the morning. This girl's <laughs> knocking on my door. Keanu. I'm fucking scared, dude. Like, yeah, I'm, I would be too. I'm not opening that door. I'm trying to go to bed. And so she eventually quits knocking and I hear the dorm room door like close. So I'm assuming that she left. About five minutes later, one of my other roommates walks in and I'm like, dude, he was also like really drunk coming back from a party. And I'm like, dude, did you see like a girl or someone like leave <laughs> our dorm room and come back? Like something odd. He's like, no, dude, I didn't, I didn't see anything like that. I just oh saw a cop God. outside. I'm like, a cop. And then my other roommate opens the door. He's like, dude, Keanu, what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. So we go to our final roommate, who I'm assuming is the one who let this girl in. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, did you uh, see like a like a girl or something? Like, did you let one in? And he's like, yeah, bro, there was this girl. She had a she had a phone in Tupperware, and uh, she said you left her, uh, your phone at her house, so she came to drop it off to you. I don't know why the phone was in Tupperware, but <laughs> it was. And in my head, I'm just like, dude, that is just the most craziest shit phone and tupperware and so i was i have trust issues now to say the i least. would too after that i'd always be like looking behind my back whenever i go into buildings or something or back to your house yeah so i guess what happened is like she followed me back from from the party yeah from a di like a long distance back to my dorm room waited for the security doors to open up there's two lines of security doors though she got through one which is the easier one the second one is like you had to have someone who lived on that floor so somehow she got through that door knocked on the door i don't know why the phone was in tupperware <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that at that least put in some included. rice maybe like <laughs> yeah. maybe dropped in the water that was Oof, that was, was a scary night and i mean all because i was president man what can i say so I'm, i, I guess it's right. true <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's true then people uh with high status uh have a difficult more difficult time finding the story is if we have some crazy stories like this and you know we're nowhere near nba status yeah. then i'm pretty sure nba players got some way wilder stories maybe maybe we can get mellow on the pod one day he can share some of them with us oh yeah after his first <laughs> maybe like month in the nba he'll probably have some wild ones <laughs> That was yeah. Whew. Oh Intense man, talk about story. banter, man. That was yeah. That whew. was that was a funny uh, a band. That was a good top band. Good top uh, band segment. this week. <laughs> Two really good stories there. Figured out some of my uh, drunk tendencies and what happens when I'm blacked out that I don't I'm oblivious to, <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, people might follow you when you're drunk. So yeah, so, you know, look out so, not just girls. Look out for your surroundings, guys. Please look God, after please, your surroundings too. Please, yeah. You never know. Oh man, fun well, top band segment. Fun top band segment. Uh, let's segue into this and something a little bit more serious let's go into right swipe left swipe bam right swipe left swipe um well today's topic for right swipe left swipe the first one we have is the u.s men's national soccer team qualifying for the world cup in 2022 so we're swiping right or left on that i'm going right on this shit i hope so man <laughs> no i think they will i think they will they've they've got a lot of young star power and i don't know if you watched your game against panama or, or wales uh, this past week, but they were on show and they, it was all the young European uh, or Americans that were playing in Europe and they're all below 25, 23 and they were killing it, man. Like they were gelling as a team. They didn't even have their best player, Christian Pulisic on the field. 
And so, and they were playing so well together. And it's it's exciting to see them them play because not only do they have skill and talent, but they have creativity on the ball. And if you look at the past men's national teams, nobody wanted the ball. You had maybe two or three guys who were comfortable on the ball, making passes, being creative, opening up the field. But with this young team, everybody wants the ball. Everybody's so creative. Everybody's pinging the ball around. They can all shoot. They can all pass. They can all do insane things with the ball. So it's really exciting. And they're all so young. So our future is in really good hands and it looks really good. I'm super yeah, Michael excited. Michael Bradley's on in the middle of the field to give the ball up. Yeah. That's well, you got Weston McKinney now who's Michael Bradley's like understudy, but he's way better than Michael Bradley. Easily. Yeah, the U.S. The U.S. looks good. I don't, I do keep track of qualifying a little bit here and there. Uh, at least with international soccer, I'm not, excuse me, I wouldn't say I'm as versed, but no, the, the U.S. men's national team not qualifying in 2018 was a, was a travesty. Yeah. Uh, it's honestly a travesty because you look at the CONCACAF teams they play in, you know, outside of Mexico, there's really no excuse to lose to any of those other teams if you want to be taken seriously, you know? Oh, yeah. You can't be losing to Trinidad. You can't be losing to Panama and all these all these countries who clearly don't have the same talent pool as you. You know, we got 300 million plus people living in this country. You're telling yeah. me you can't muster up 11 good players. So it is nice to see the players moving to Europe. And I think that's why no one really took the Americans seriously before is because we're pulling all our players from the MLS. Yeah. And, you know, either Liga MX or, you know, smaller leagues. It's This is the first time in my life I've seen more, at least half of the starting lineup of the U.S. national team playing in Europe. It was a shocker to see, you know, Americans in Europe before this new wave of youngsters. Like Landon Donovan, he played whatever, was it Everton? It was Everton or Fulham? I think it was one of those two. Yeah. Well, well, he was, Clint playing, was, he was Fulham. playing in the yeah. Premier League, and yeah. that was a big deal. That was like our our greatest player ever right yeah he spent i think like a season or two like now alone you, you have players in the bundesliga you have players in the premier league you have players in la liga like Sergio dest yes he's playing for barcelona he's yeah. a starting right back first team right first team it's, yeah it's crazy the americans do that you no, just didn't no, see it is, until now so, so it's exciting it's, it's exciting yeah for definitely sure. so new uh, i just wish you know that more americans can be excited about it. it just there's not there's not the same hype about soccer as there is like football Sundays, you know? Yeah. And I really wish we could get that same kind of hype. And it is a bummer because I don't think people really know how talented uh, the Americans are and how young they are. And, you know, maybe in a couple World Cups, they might be making deep runs again. I mean, come qualifying in 2021 when it's more of a big deal, it's going to be more stories and it's going to get bigger headlines. I think people will start to realize that this team is truly has something special. And, you know, when the World Cup runs around and I know they're going to qualify. I'm saying it right now, putting it, putting it into the, uh, into the world that we're going to qualify for the World Cup. And when we do, people will definitely take it seriously and they'll realize how much better this team is and the potential that they have. I agree with you. I'm going to swipe right on that too, because I mean, they have to, you have to qualify in CONCACAF. There's just not enough strong teams to not qualify. Um, I'm excited to see how they're going to do. I watched that game against Panama. They won 6-2. A lot of beautiful buildup and it, a lot of great passing plays that I didn't really see in past American teams. You know, they, they knew what to do with the ball. They knew where each other was. Um, the jury's still out on me for Greg Berhalter. I don't know if that's the right guy to lead a team with that much talent. I really liked Klinsman. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think he was actually the one, I think, that really started turning things around. He was really pushing Americans to go out in Europe and play against the best competition. And I yeah. think his influence is really reflecting on this current team. Yeah, I wish he was still here, man. He's a really good coach. He's a great, great player, great coach, and he really transformed the younger players of the, of the U.S. to play in Europe and to go out and explore and expand their knowledge. And 
it's showing. It's showing right now. Yeah, I think Baralter is here to stay. Um, it just depends. I think this World Cup, we'll see how they do coming up in a couple of years. Uh, and then after that, it just, I think, depends on how the team looks. I think to a certain point, once they surpass expectation, I think there's going to be a certain kind of expectation. I think come 2026, when the World Cup is here, there's going to be a lot more expectation on the Americans. Because uh, they, look, they looked great. Don't get me wrong. And it's still very early. A lot of these guys haven't played with each other. But from what I see, I think they're going to be a formidable team by 2026. Yeah, I think so, too. They'll be in their primes, you know, mid-20s, late-20s. Late and so that's when Baralter is expected more of him, and yeah. we'll see We'll see who's the manager by then. But it's an exciting time if you're a U.S. soccer fan. Oh, there's not many of them, but <laughs> if you are, exciting time. Oh, yeah. We'll shift over to back to the NBA. Um, we had a number of trades go on uh, this past week and, and last week, but one big one that's kind of starting to take shape and re- uh, learning more about it every day is James Harden. He rejected a two-year contract for 103 million from the Rockets, and now there's milli, yeah. 50 million a year, man. You know, you know what that reminded me of uh, when I when I originally saw that. But do you remember uh, Rush Hour One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you remember when they kidnapped the counselor's daughter, <laughs> and the guy asked her uh, a 50 million dollars, and Chris Tucker, 50 million dollars. Who do you think you kidnapped, Chelsea Clinton? Yeah, and that's the <laughs> first thing that popped in my head when James Harden turned down 50 million dollars. Right, so the question I think we're posing for this one is, do you believe swipe right, swipe left? A, do you believe James Harden's going to the Nets? B, do you like that move? I like the move. It's hard for me to accept him going to the Nets. So I'm going to swipe left on this. It would be really cool to see him go to the Nets and play with Kyrie and and Kevin Durant, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm going to swipe left on that. Same. I'm going to swipe right on A, which is... Yeah, that would be great for Brooklyn. Yeah. On B, I just don't think realistically it's not going to happen unless they give up Kyrie. It's the only return they're going to get. James Harden is a first-team NBA player consistently. You know, He's one of the best players in the NBA. There's just no way you give up a guy of that level without a major overhaul of picks, a star, some depth players. We look at that Anthony Davis trade uh, last year mm-hmm. from New Orleans to uh, Los Angeles. The Lakers gave up a lot. Right now, it doesn't look like it because they just won a championship. It was a great move in the short term. Let's see how it plays out in the long term. These kinds of trades can be very dangerous to a franchise. The Lakers, at least, you know, they have the the glitz and glam of Los Angeles. They're always going to be attracting free agents in the free agency market. I don't know about Brooklyn. I think they they had a really good offseason last year landing Kyrie and KD. But do we ever really think of the Nets before that as a like a prime destination? Yeah, definitely not. We haven't. So these kinds of moves, trading for star players, they can be very detrimental to the stability of your organization long term. So I don't think the Nets should trade for James Harden. Now, would I believe it would work? Absolutely. In the short term, of course, it would work. I don't believe in that argument where there's only one basketball to put in the hoop because all three are not going to be on the floor for 48 minutes. You have rotations. The fact that you're going to have two of three or one of three of those guys on the floor at all times, they can carry teams by themselves. They're going to win the East if Harden goes to the Brooklyn, without a doubt. But in the long term, how's your team going to look post-KD, post-Kyrie, post-James? You don't know. So... Swipe right on, you know, 
them winning. Yeah, of course he went there. They're going to win the championship most likely. Swipe uh, left on. It's a little unrealistic to think that that's going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, thinking that they're only going to get Harden or Kyrie. I would rather have Kyrie and KD rather than Harden and KD. I think Kyrie and KD just gel better, match better. Um, they both share the ball pretty well, and well, Kyrie's an amazing distributor. Kyrie is also he's a really ball dominant player, though. You have to think of it. Kyrie loves having the ball in his hands. He loves dribbling uh, out the point oh, yeah. guard stuff like that. Nothing wrong with that. But you throw Harden in the mix, another really ball-dominant player. So you have a lot of ball-dominant players here. Either way, but, you're going to get a ball-dominant player. But they'll make it work. Like, these are stars. If we yeah. believe that argument that one, there's only have one ball to put in the hoop, Team USA wouldn't win as many gold medals exactly. as they do, right? Yeah. With all that star power. If that yeah. was, like, a legit argument, there's only one ball. We said the same thing when KD went to Golden State. Yeah. There's only one ball who's going to put it in the hoop. Turns out it was like one of the greatest teams, I think the greatest team ever to be assembled. Yeah, I mean, I, Kyrie already played with, with James Hart, or uh, LeBron James, you know, so he knows how to share the ball with, with another superstar of, of that caliber. So I think having that experience and playing with KD is a lot better for the Nets than having James Harden over Kyrie. Yeah. And the Rockets also said they are more than comfortable with being uncomfortable with having James Harden on their roster. Yeah, <laughs> that's All the right. bottom line. We're talking basketball. Let's segue into Rule of Thirds where we're going to talk about some more basketball. So sticking to basketball, let's get into it. This week's Rule of Thirds, we have the top three possible bench signings for the Milwaukee Bucks, now that they're out of cap space, pretty much. So who, which, which three non-basketball players would you sign to the Bucks bench? Yeah, so we're going for fictional players here. Originally, the idea we came up with is the Bucks because they're just out of cap space, but turns out Bogdan's not going to go gonna, there, probably. Yeah. So they have a little more cap space. So now we're just generalizing it now to... Who would you want on your favorite basketball team who is a fictional character, someone who's not a real basketball player? Number one for me, I got a Sonny the Cuckoo Bird, otherwise known as the Cocoa Puffs mascot. Um, bro, that guy is just a fucking menace, bro. Dude, give that guy it. some Cocoa Puffs, and once he goes cuckoo, I don't think there's any stopping him in the no. game. I just see him, him in the smashing up those dude. Cocoa Puffs and just snorting him before a game. <laughs> just going at him. Dude, yeah, he's going to get tested for like illegal drugs. See if he's snorting Cocoa Puffs in the locker room. Nah, dude. Once you get the Cocoa Puffs in that boy system, there's no stopping him. I've seen that guy bounce off airplanes for... The, 30 seconds straight. I think he'll be a menace in the paint once you give him some Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> uh, give me Sonny the Cuckoo Bird off my bench. Any team. He comes in at guard, drives to the hoop, kind of like Russell Westbrook, but better. Number two for me, give me a little bit more size. You know, you always need a little bit size coming off the bench. We saw the Lakers were very successful with how much size they brought uh, to the bubble. Give me Paul Bunyan at two. Wow. Seven foot tall, okay. seven foot strides. That's so that's a problem in the paint. That is a problem to deal with. He'll bring down boards for me. He'll match up against AD and all those big Lakers players really well for me. I like Paul Bunning in the post. That's a good one. That's a big presence in there. That's definitely going to Strong guys <laughs> cutting those problems. trees all day long. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's got unmatched strength, you know? He's definitely boxing everybody out offensively and defensively. Exactly. That's a good pick so right give me, there. Give me Paul Bunyan, man. I think that guy is going to give you a nice uh, 10 and 10 off the bench. Solid guy. Double-double every game. The number one guy I want coming off of the bench for my favorite basketball team, give me Calvin Cambridge. Do you remember who Calvin Cambridge is? Wow. Like Mike, baby. Yeah. Bow wow. I didn't even think of that. Give Damn. me Calvin Cambridge. That dude made Tracy Reynolds look like an idiot 
at the halftime on one-on-one. NBA guys couldn't guard a middle schooler. He was making a fool out of the league. David Robinson, Jason Kidd, none of those guys had an answer. Great story. For yeah. Calvin Cambridge. That man was about five foot two, and he was dunking on NBA players. That is a guy I want on my team. It's like Nate Robinson, but 12 years younger. So that guy has a <laughs> long prime ahead of him. He's going to be on my team for a long time. Six man of the year, year in and year out, I feel like. That's not bad at all. And he's 5'2", dunking. Holy crap. Talk yeah. about publicity. Talk about engaging fans. Oh, my God. It's like LaMelo Ball before his time. But yeah. <laughs> Except before his growth spurt when he was like yeah, six exactly. feet. Yeah, <laughs> Hey, but, I mean, Calvin Cambridge changed the NBA game forever. So that's my three. We got Sonny the Cuckoo Bird, a.k.a. Cocoa Puffs mascot, Paul Bunyan, Calvin Cambridge. But Cambridge also has to come with his Jays because if he doesn't have his Jays, he loses all his talent, if you remember. So... Gotta have his J's. I gotta hire my own security escort for those shoes. And like a briefcase every game. Yeah. Well, with my three, I went with with players and characters that actually, like in the movies and TV shows they were in, they actually played basketball. So I want like a little different approach. So with number three, I have, for all you One Tree Hill fans out there, <laughs> Nathan Scott. All right, this guy led his team to two state championships. He won one, he lost one. But that was because Lucas got missed a three. We won't get into it. I could talk days about that. Fucking bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) But he was supposed to go to Duke to play basketball, but he got his girl pregnant, so he went to a community college and eventually (laughs) went to the Charlotte Bobcats. Haley knocked up. He got Haley knocked up. (laughs) One One Tree Hill fans, shout out. Uh, Yeah, he went to the Bobcats for the when they were the Bobcats for the majority of his character or career. So Nathan Scott. But didn't he get hurt and he went did that uh whatever the fuck that was? Uh, What was that basketball? Like it was like. It was like going to rock and jump, but for basketball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was off yeah, trampoline, trampoline. trampoline basketball. Yeah, right? yeah. He did that for a little bit. Yo, very impressive to go from trampoline basketball to top free agent to get signed by the Bobcats. Very impressive. Didn't know scouts sent right? people out to trampoline basketball. Oh, he made like a huge impact on that. People were talking about him. He had all the buzz. So, you know, that's that's a great pick. He's <laughs> definitely yeah, he's, a, he's solid. He was kind of a yeah. dick in the first few episodes, though. Oh, definitely. First season, first season he was a major dick. asshole, dude. Yeah. Played as a... Played the wedding video for what was a uh, Lucas? Lucas's oh, for Lucas brother's to name, see, right? yeah. Played the played the wedding video to his mom, Lucas's mom, and his dad's. Uh, and wedding. how Lucas's mom was like, "Yeah, we were gonna be together forever after college." And then Dan, the dad, Dan was just like, "Nah, sorry, I got you pregnant." We can save the One Tree Hill for talk for a little later, but yeah, I, we can talk. I actually, actually like Dan Scott. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, I know he shot his brother, but you know, everyone makes mistakes. You can't look past that. <laughs> everyone makes mistakes. Oh my god. No, you can't look past that. I know they were like forgiving Dan at the end of the at the end of the season finale. I what happened in the end. Once we got to like season eight, that shit was like dragging. It was. Dra- I watched all of it though. I won't spoil it for you guys that haven't watched it. Or yeah. If you're ever you, gonna watch it, but I mean, once you, if you even remember, once you get to fucking season eight, one hour episode, <laughs> like twenty episodes a season. Dude, that was my shit in like middle school and high school. I'd come back from school and like watch the CW like after they posted it yeah, the next I watched day it in high school on like, yeah. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two, this one, uh, I'm very proud of this one. I have air bud. Oh, that's a good <laughs> one. One of my friends told me to say that today. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, bro. Air, dogs got hops, dude. That dog has hops. So he's that boy doesn't lose, bro. No, he's blocking every shot and the reflexes. As soon as someone shoots, boom, he's up there blocking the shot. He's contesting everything. and He's getting his nose to it or his paw. Like, you know, so he's, he's there as a solid defender and he can tip balls and, and the rebound and, and putbacks. He can't post up though. Can't post up. He has no post up game. He's got which, that lob which, game. Which does hurt him. But True. his stout is just, he's got like a Steph Curry hand, so that's snout. 
and it, for every shot we brick, he's just going to be up there just putting it back. It's true. I mean, he helped one of the uh, – it's crazy. He's just – he's all over the place. He helped uh, the, the U.S. women's national team win the yeah. World Cup in 99. <laughs> and from there, just going on to play basketball and all Played volleyball for a little bit. Yeah, yeah I but, mean, Air Bud is – he's elite. This is all, elite. all athlete for sure. Oh, so yeah. that's a good one. That's a good one. Air Bud. Uh, my last one, or I guess number one, uh, you might be a little mad at me for this one, but – I went with Troy Bolton from High School Musical. <laughs> he's just your solid point guard, man. He's got he sticks to his fundamentals. You know, protects the ball when he brings the ball up the court at all times. He's always vocal, keeping his head up, makes two-handed passes, nothing flashy. He's just a solid, you know, backup point guard that's not going to make any mistakes. I mean, the bar is very low for for complimenting people on giving good chess passes. <laughs> <laughs> the bar is very low. Well, you uh, see you all these players making flashy passes. It's not a bad passes. pick, you know. He has good high school experience. I think the only thing with him is, you know, he has to keep his head in the game. Right, you think he can do that? I don't know if he can do that. You know, when uh, Gabriella is, you know, him and her when when he's on meshing with her, he tends to really his performance really goes low, and uh, his performance really is dependent on Vanessa Hudgens and how their relationship is going. And you know, I don't I don't trust simp's. You know, so you have to be careful. Yeah, if, when he's simping, he's not playing his best. Definitely yeah, not. Exactly. So. <laughs> but that's a great that's a great top three. I think you got Airbud, yeah. Zach Efron, and Nathan Scott. Oh yeah. Oh it's yeah, a very good top three. I would love to see it. Honestly, I would love to see. I'd love these, to see my three top three play. and your top three. You just go three v three and like street ball. I'm trying to think here. So, I mean, who's gonna guard the Coco Puffs mascot? That has to be Airbud, I guess. Airbud. Yeah. Can he contain him though? Once, because Coco. Once you get some Coco Puffs in in the in, in Sunny's system, fast. I don't know if Airbud can keep up with that. Yeah. Uh, well, who's your who's your tallest player on your team? Nathan Scott. Paul Bunyan. Paul, gonna, Paul Bunyan's Paul gonna, gonna post him up him, for fucking days, bro. Oh it's gonna posterize God. the shit out of him. Well, who's your who's your third? Let's see if that's. I got Calvin it. Cambridge though. So oh, he's he's crossing Troy Bolton up every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see it. We might get all these guys together, and you know, we might maybe be able to make it happen. But uh, this is a good top three. It's a good top three. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I I definitely think my team would get their ankles broken any day of the week against your team but <laughs> it depends what, what what bench they're coming off you know if they're coming true, off true. If they're coming off the warriors bench then you know they don't have to do much they don't yeah. they're coming off like the knicks bench then you're in the long <laughs> day honestly i feel like all six of these are better than what the knicks have currently so <laughs> absolute facts yep but thanks for tuning in tuning into our episode this week guys that was episode four stay tuned for next week we still will be doing an episode even though thanksgiving is the next day so that'll be episode five Keep up and follow along on our social media at sideline underscore banter on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Facebook at sideline banter. And we'll be posting updates on the entire show. We have video footage that we post up every single other day or every day of the podcast, but our videos and our reactions and, and everything. It's, it's really fun to see. Yeah. Let us know what topics you're into, what topics you want to hear from. Uh, it was a very heavy basketball episode, but basketball season full swing let's pray the best for for clay thompson fingers crossed let's hope he's okay uh let's have a good nba season with as many healthy bodies as possible no matter what team you support no matter what teams are your rival teams let's just have a good nba season with fully healthy no injuries um it's going to be fun though sports are back in swing and oh, yeah. hopefully the this best, lockdown please. doesn't get in the way of it again we really hope we don't lose sports i hope not not again but thanks for tuning in guys We'll see you next week. See you guys.